Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. It's Longhorn Livestream. I'm with Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com. Uh, we've got a, a big show for you today, we think, or at least we hope. Uh, we've got a special guest, Longhorn uh, quarterback commitment Trey Owens of uh, SciFair High School will be with us uh, at around 15 past the hour here uh, as we go for a full hour tonight. Uh, we're also going to talk uh, a little running back uh, recruiting as well as running back uh, commentary. Uh, J- Jerry and I, uh, we posted a poll on the uh, on Texas Football YouTube site to ask about uh, who the top running back was of the 2000s. Uh, we'll be talking about that tonight. Uh, we also have uh, some news uh, out that uh, Chris Breard, the former uh, Longhorn basketball coach, uh, has been uh, let uh, back in, excuse me, has been acquitted or dismissed charges, I guess, is the, the better way to put that as well. How you doing, Jerry? I'm good, bud. Just, uh, you know, just uh, interested to talk to Trey tonight. Um, I, I watched him play uh, this season. Also went to a practice this year and really want – I've got a couple of questions for him based on what I saw in the game when I watched him play. I'm interested to see his answer. I'm also going to – if he's listening right now, I'm also going to ask him about Cypher history and the last player to sign with Texas from Cypher, see if Trey knows the answer. Because me and you think we know the answer, but we're not 100% sure. <laughs> I, I think I've got it. I think you and I've got it. But we'll talk to Trey and see what he says. Um, hey, Jerry, let's let's first thank our sponsor, Energy Texas. Uh, each uh, Tuesday, usually Tuesday night, uh, but Jerry had Valentine's plans last night, so we moved it to Wednesday. Uh, we'll have to ask Trey if he had Valentine's plans too as well, probably. Hey, uh, Energy Texas is for Texans, by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people from the great state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texas. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Hey, Jerry, uh, as we talk about running backs, uh, we're going to talk a little running back recruiting. But first, uh, we put up a poll uh, on the, the board asking fa- fans uh, who are the top or who is the best? Uh, Longhorn running back of the 2000s. It's a pretty interesting list. Uh, Cedric Benson, Jamal Charles, Malcolm Brown, of course. I think he's he may be one year out of the league now. He's, he may still be in there. Deontay Foreman, of course, rushed for 2,000 yards. Uh, but Bijan Robinson uh, running away with it right now. I tell you what, if Bijan has half the pro career uh, that Jamal Charles had, uh, it's going to be a, a, a whale of a career for that young man. Uh, Jerry, what, what was your thought on this poll and who you thought should have uh, should have got it? I, you know, uh, personally, I would have gone with Cedric Benson as far as this group. I, I just think, you know, the consistency, the toughness, his physicality was always so underrated to me. His contact balance, um, but just that, you know, you could hand it to him forty times, three games in a row, and you knew on that fortieth carry there was going to be something there, just from a physical standpoint. I thought he was underrated catching the ball in the backfield. I thought he was a physical pass protector. Um, I tend to think if it said played today um, in the way the game is more spread out, he would even be a better player uh, for me. I, I just think because you, he, you could get him in the situations where after that first tackle's broken, um, he could do some damage. He didn't have long speed. But he was such a consistent runner, and he just had that physicality. I I, I would have gone with Benson. Jamal Charles the most electric, though. Yeah, even more so than than uh, Bijan. I think Bijan yeah, may I, have made some better cuts. Uh, I, I just made think the ten three. I mean, you just go back to the run against Oklahoma, where he or reverse spin in the hole, right? And then he went eighty, um, like a jet, like a jet, yeah, a ten three, ten four guy, legitimately, and he looked like it running with a football. And there's not many guys that run 10 through 10 four, but when their pads are on and they have a football tucked under their arm, look 10 through 10 four, but Jamal was one of those. 5,540 yard career rushing yards for Cedric Benson in all four years. Jamal Charles only there for three years. Bijan Robinson only there for three years as well. Yeah. Uh, Bijan actually, while well, Cedric is second all time in long run rushing behind Ricky Williams, uh, Earl Campbell is third. And then Bijan Robinson is fourth uh, with 3,400 and yeah, you think about Bobby, you think about what Cedric Benson and somebody said if Jamal Charles came back for a senior year, wouldn't be a discussion. Probably true. But if Texas had gone to the zone read stuff with Vince from the get go, 
boy, Cedric Benson could have really done some damage. His uh, last there's, there's no doubt about that. No doubt. All right. Uh, welcome, uh, everybody, if you're just joining us to uh, the live stream. Uh, it is uh, Wednesday night, and uh, we're we're ready to talk to uh, really a guy that uh, helped kickstart the Texas <laughs> recruiting class uh, this year. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in uh, right now. A uh, young man named Trey Owens, uh, quarterback out of Cy Fair High School. How you doing tonight, Trey? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. Uh, Jerry wanted to have you on. Uh, we're gonna. I'll start it off. Uh, whenever we talk about this, instead of giving your stats, we ask you how how tall, how much you weigh right now. Uh, I'm about six five, and I, I'm upwards of two twenty. I think probably sitting around two fifteen. Oh, so you you put on some good weight yeah, there. I put on some weight this offseason for sure. Okay, so. Hey, so, Trey, go ahead, go ahead, Bobby. No, you go ahead, Jerry. Hey, Trey, the first thing I wanted to get into for people that haven't seen you play, we'll get to your commitment to Texas, A.J. Milwee, Sark in a second, but I wanted to bring something up as a, as a compliment to you watching you play. I was at the Cy Woods game, right? Y'all kind of got on them pretty quick. Um, it was after the Cy Park game, which I think had meaning for you, right? Because didn't you go to Cy Park before you went over the – or when you were in middle school maybe with some of those kids, was it? Uh, no, but I'm just not a fan of them. I, the year before, uh, I had COVID that game and they whooped our tail. Ah, that's what it, it was. It was like 68 to like 35. So what the side woods game, what impressed me about you in that game was it's one thing to look at stats. It's one thing to say six, five, 200 can make all the throws, but you stood in the pocket and took some hits and still delivered the ball, still stepped into the throw for the guys who are fans and haven't played the position. Talk about that toughness you have to have to stand in the pocket, know you're going to get hit, still step into the throw, and deliver an accurate ball. I think the worst part is uh, every other position is at least like moving when they're getting hit. We are standing there, and we have guys running full speed at us, and there's nothing we can really do about it. So that's what the year before, I'd say that's something I kind of struggled with. Like I just kind of – I didn't want to take the hit, so I just – either throw it away and just get out of the way as quick as possible or try and run. I didn't really get much out of it. So I knew, like, my receivers are open. I'll trust them to make the catch, and I can get the ball out there. So I did, if I had to take a hit, it's what I needed to do, and I feel like that's something that I elevated this year. I agree. Trey, Trey uh, what were your stats on the year? I, I had a partial stats of 2,840 2, yards passing. I think this may be before. I think it's wow. before Seiko. Before, no. yeah. 34 TDs, three interceptions. Uh, you know, what do you think your strengths are as a passer? I'd, I'd say my pocket presence is probably my best one. I think my long ball is also really accurate. Something I also struggled with last year. But, um, yeah, I like to sit back in the pocket. I have really good receivers to throw to. So, if I just trust them, then I don't really have a reason to move anywhere else. And uh, if I need to run, I mean, I can. But I – Prefer not to. I think throwing's more fun than running. So yeah, I, I feel like I feel like uh, we watch quarterbacks, and it's hard to um, really, you know, see who has pocket present, who doesn't, uh, because when you make that step up from college to high, or from high school to college, it's just a whole different game, you know. Uh, Jerry, mm -hmm. you had something. Yeah. So going through the recruiting process before you committed to Texas. Um, A.J. Milwee obviously came out and watched you play against Northbrook. You've been to campus a few times. With Sark and Milwee, what did they tell you they liked about you as a quarterback, and what did they say your strengths were? Maybe a couple of things they think you need to work on heading into your senior year. Um, they honestly, rather than other schools, have been like, we really just need you to be yourself. We don't need you to fix much. Like They like who I am. They'll worry about that whenever I get there. So nothing much. Um yeah, it's kind of it. Like they haven't asked me, "Hey, we need you to do better." And like after camp, obviously during the camp, he's gonna like kind of correct the little things right. that I can work on. But other than that, nothing much. What did they say they liked about your game? I mean, did they get into that at all? Obviously, I'm a big kid, so they liked just my frame and how I throw the ball really well and uh, how I, my pocket presence. Gotcha. Hey, Matt, our producer, I'm going to talk to our Matt, our producer. If you'll roll some highlights now uh, of uh, Trey as we talk to him here a little bit, that would be great. Uh, Trey, uh, you know, talk a little bit about recruiting and why you chose Texas uh, over the other offers that you had out there. Um, hey, every time, every time I went, it kind of just felt like home to me. Like I was super accepted and uh, obviously there for 
a couple months, probably like four months. I was kind of just waiting on it because I'd been up there a lot, been to camp, been to spring ball, and I was always just like, be patient, be patient. But I knew the right time would come. And then when it came, I they really didn't have a reason to wait. I feel like it gave me the best opportunity to be the best player I can be. Is it is, was Texas your dream school? Or is it who you rooted for growing up? What what was the connection there? Uh, not really. A lot of my cousins and stuff are from AM, but I don't really like AM that much, and especially now. <laughs> there there, uh, there were a lot of a lot of guys after you, a lot of teams after you. Um one thing that, that's interesting now is you're actually helping recruit other players to Texas. Uh is that is that something you're taking seriously? Are you trying to take it in stride kind of because you don't want to you know it's hard to to be you don't want to be overbearing with other players at the same time you want to put your best foot forward for texas uh since you're trying to help so how do you handle that as a as a young guy at a quarterback position that everybody kind of looks to um i'm i text a couple guys here and there but i think the biggest thing i like to do is whenever i go up to campus just do whatever i can do like talk to the coaches when i'm there like you give me names who i need to go talk to and see if i can get them here I feel like I take that pretty seriously. So watching clips of you right now, favorite routes to throw. What what, what do you like? What do you really like to throw? Um, what are you most comfortable it, it, throwing as a quarterback right now? Um, I like curls personally because it gives the receiver an option to either come straight to me, cut right or left, and it's just easy to read them because they know they obviously they're running the routes, so they know it's better for them. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There's quite a um, few of those on this highlight right here. Yeah, is there? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Trey, uh, you guys, uh, what is y'all's um, outlook this season? I think Landon Rink is on your team as well. Shane Rink is a uh, uh, the defensive line coach. He's a former Longhorn, someone that uh, was in school when I, close to when I was in school at least. Uh, at Texas as well. Um, you know, what What do you all uh, talk about as far as Longhorns are concerned there on campus? I mean, obviously, we're me and Landon are close friends, so it's not always about Texas. But even when he's getting all these offers, I'm like, you're still coming with me. It's kind of – you don't have another option with him and his dad. Uh, and it's always funny to joke about, but I am pretty serious. I do want him to come with me. He's a great player. Hey, Bobby, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but Landon – uh, visited he made it unofficial to AM like the 28th. Hey Trey, there was no chance Shane was gonna coach Rink was gonna smile in that picture, right? No yeah, chance. Yeah, he never he never smiles that much, but yeah, that was kind of obvious. There was no chance he was smile, Bobby. There was no chance. <laughs> yeah. Um Trey, I, I I here's some more highlights of you. You're just really, really talented. Um what is it, you know, what is the attraction for Steve Sarkeesian for quarterbacks like yourself, Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers? What what is that all about in your in your mind? I feel like he does a really good job of just crafting quarterbacks. All the ones he's coached go to the league and do pretty well. Um, I really feel like his offense fits me the best out of all the offers I had. So I feel like it was a really good opportunity for me. Got it. How, how big do you think – I mean, obviously you talk – I talk to kids, but you talk to the guys on a different level, right? Because you are one of them. How big do you think the move to the SEC in 2024 is for the kids considering Texas? I think – just the games we're going to play every season are like honestly bigger than other places. And it's not even like over-exaggerating like UT A&M every year, UT Bama, UT Oklahoma. I mean, I don't really know how you can get much better than that. Honestly, those rivalry games are huge. Trey, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but you've been a, a pleasure. And uh, we, we congratulate you on uh, your uh, commitment to Texas uh, and look forward to watching you not only – are you playing seven on seven uh, this summer? Oh, yes. Do all that? Yes, uh, spring. Okay. All right. We'll we'll make sure we're out there watching and uh, see you probably at spring practice uh, for Side Fair as well. That's Trey Owens. Uh, congratulations, Trey. Hook him, bud. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. That's Trey Owens. Uh, Jerry, uh, you and I talk to to guys all the time. It's clear Trey Owens has 
uh, a good head on his shoulder. He's trying to take it in stride uh, and uh, be smart about it and not get over over his skis. You know what I mean? And and get too far out there trying to figure things out. Um, what what do you think of his long-term ability and where he sits with his style of play? Because I can, just watching those clips, you can kind of see that he's he's got a gun, basically, for a right arm. Uh, so that's not, arm strength's not going to be an issue, I don't think. No, I liked what he said, too. And that's the reason why I asked the question is, you know, watching him play, Bobby, that, you know, standing in the pocket, because he's a pocket passer. So, right, the biggest key for to me with a pocket passer, you have to be willing to stand in the pocket when the walls start closing in and step into a throw and deliver, right? And and he really did that when I watched him play. I talked to the staff about that at Cy Fair, and, and they said he is re- – and he said it. He really took a step as a junior in that regard because I think that's going to be so key for him uh, because he can make the throws. It's like Sar- Sarkeesian recruits guys that can make all the throws, right? We know that. So he can make all the throws Steve Sarkeesian requires. A.J. Milry, they require him the offense. But then stepping into those throws, knowing you're going to get hit, knowing what your strengths are. He said you know, he knows he's a pocket passer. That's what he wants to do. Um, and I, so I think he's got a really good understanding of who he is as a quarterback. I mean, how many guys have we come across in our in our years, Bobby, that they're talented, but they didn't really have an understanding of who they were as a quarterback, right? They wanted to be something they weren't. I, that's what I like about Trey. I think he knows who he is as a player and as a quarterback, and I think he's working to uh, perfect that craft the best he can without trying to do something that he's not. All right. I I, I think that's a, a good uh... – uh, a good comment and a good uh, wrap up of uh, Trey Owens, uh, quarterback out of uh, Cypher, committed to the Longhorns. We appreciate him uh, taking his time out on a Wednesday night, school night for him, uh, joining us here on the live stream uh, on Texas football. I'm with Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas. Uh, next topic, Jerry, I want to go over is what we talked about uh, off camera a little bit before this, and that was uh, the dismissal of uh, the charges against Chris Beard, former Longhorn basketball coach, that came down earlier today from the DA's office uh, in uh, Austin. Uh, you know, I don't think I don't know what to say here. Um, uh, I feel I, I feel at some point I feel it's not so much that I feel bad for Chris Beard or bad for the the woman that uh, he's involved with and, and that had part of this. I just I think it's just bad bad all the way around. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at this today for uh, Coach Beard is um, today gives him a chance to move forward as a coach. I mean, putting all the rest of uh, everything else behind, um, it wasn't going to happen at Texas, obviously, um, else that Texas wouldn't have made the move they made. But I do think this gives him a chance to advance his career, get back on the court a lot sooner, maybe next year somewhere. I mean, there's going to be some openings in Ole Miss if that opens. I mean, there's going to be people, people come over after him now after today. Um, and I think that's the main takeaway I have for, for Coach Beard today. It's, it's Everything's unfortunate um, all the way around. But today gives him a chance to get back on the court and coach again and rebuild um, his, his career as a coach. And, 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 you know, look, I mean, you want that to happen for guys. Yeah, you really do. I mean, I, I think you 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 want to see uh, people get a second chance if it's deserved. And, and right. uh, you know, hard hard uh, hard thing for Texas fans to stomach. Hard things for him to stomach. Uh, but it is what it is. And uh, I think Texas uh, is moving forward. And hopefully now Chris Beard uh, can move forward as well. All right, uh, let's let's talk about what we're going to talk about the rest of the uh, tonight, time tonight. Uh, first of all, we're going to take your questions, guys. Uh, so if you have any questions, thoughts uh, you want to share with us uh, that you want Jerry and I to comment on, uh, please leave them in the comment box. Uh, Matt, our producer, will flag them for us and help us get to them uh, as quickly as possible. Um, let's start, though, Jerry, uh, with the number of uh, let's put on this. Let's let's say this. The number of running back offers Texas has doled out in the last couple of days seems to have increased. Is that because? I mean, what what is that for? Is that because they found more guys they liked? Um, is it because there are different styles? I talked with Eric Nalin this morning about this on the state of the program, and and we we really came to the idea that that Sark likes to have options. Yes. Um. Is is that where you're at on it? 
That's exactly where I'm at, Bobby. I mean, he said as much in the signing day press conference in December. If you're going to take two backs in the class, they don't want them to be the same backs. Um, and, and they're going to take two backs in this class. And, you know, what was interesting to me is, you know, the junior day you had Jarrett Gibson, Taylor Tatum, James Peoples. Um, oh, last the, Trey Owens. There, there he had the question for, for us. Um, he had the answer. So, you know, Texas had three backs that were not – everybody's not similar in the skill set, but they're similar frames, right? Jarrett Gibson, Taylor Tatum, James Peoples are all similar frame guys. I think what's interesting um, with the Kedron Young offer out of uh, Lufkin is I like. By the way, I love angry downhill East Texas running backs, so everybody knows that. So I like Kedron, Kedron Young. He's five ten and a half, two fifteen, two twenty. He's a thicker frame, downhill body type. Moving to the SEC, I think. Look, we've talked about Texas looking for an experienced one in the portal, possibly. So that's obviously they feel like they need the program. Uh, so that's a different style of back than the guys that were at the junior day, right? Then they offered Caden Durham out of Duncanville. He's different from all of them. He's more like Keelan Robinson with more contact power and maybe even more long speed at the same age, right? Caden Durham ran 10-7 at Junior Olympics in July, which probably means he's running 10-6 this spring. That's only as a sophomore. And that's a sophomore. So he's going to be running 10-6, 10-5 here at 185 pounds. That's a different level of fast. Um, so – I like that they're all different types of backs, and these offers are different than the three guys that were junior day. And then, look, uh, you know, we inside Texas broke the news that Christian Clark, the running back out of Mountain Point um, in Phoenix area, he's coming in on March 25th. He's more of that bigger frame back. He's six foot, about 200 pounds. He's got a frame that weigh 220. So him and Kedron Young, to me, are similar in that they're different from the three guys that were brought in at junior day. Uh, Clark's got really good feet. He's been one of the fastest rising prospects on the West Coast since January. I mean, everybody's come through Alabama, Georgia. Everybody's offering him, uh, trying to get him on campus. So I'd like that Texas has different options, different backs. If you're going to take two uh, different style of backs, if you're going to take two backs in the same class, I think they've uh, cast a really good net of, of possibilities there, both in-state and out-of-state. I think it's interesting too, Jerry. Uh, you know, uh, it sounds like just from hearing you mention that date, that third weekend in March, uh, the spring game is April 15th. Yeah. So it, it gives them about three more weeks until the spring game. Does that sound like that third weekend, the 24th, 25th is the next big recruiting weekend for the Longhorns? I know some guys will sprinkle in here and there. Right. right. Yeah, you made the point for me, based on spring breaks, kids when they're in and out of school, Texas is going to have visitors pop through throughout uh, spring practice, right? But March 25th is definitely the next junior day, if they call it a junior day, which I think they will. The two D linemen out of Valdosta High in Georgia, Omar White, Eric Brantley, they're both Colorado commitments. They told me yesterday they're coming on the 25th. Kedron Young told Justin Wells today uh, that 20, March 25th is likely his date. Christian Clark told me the 25th. Then the 2025 D tackle Texas recently offered out of Lufkin, Zion Williams. Uh, he told Justin Wells March 25th. So Texas is inviting kids specifically on that date, but with the understanding that, look, if some kids can come in at a different time, whether on spring break or not, that's going to happen. Uh, but then you have Darian Mayo, a big edge kid out of good counsel in Baltimore. He's coming in April 3rd. So it's whenever the schedule fits, but March 25th is going to be your big date. All right, uh, we're going to get to some questions, including starting off with one on uh, Deuce Robinson in one second. Uh, I want to say, first of all, uh, Jerry and I both work uh, for and with uh, InsideTexas.com. It is your source for Texas Longhorn football and recruiting news. Uh, please consider a subscription uh, to on uh, to uh, Inside Texas, uh, just $30 until all the way up until football season. So that'll get you through the spring recruiting and summer recruiting. It'll get you spring practice, behind-the-scenes uh, coverage and updates on those kids uh, and how the, how the, the players are doing. Uh, so please join us at Inside Texas. also want to say thank you to our sponsor of this show, and that is Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and uh, calling people in the great state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. If you have a choice in your electricity provider, please uh, look it up www.energytexas.com. 
Com. Uh, Jerry, uh, let's let's start right off and get into the, uh, rec- I guess, the free-for-all questions. Come as you may at us, whatever. And let's start with Jay, the activist. Uh, he is always on recruiting. Todd Munkin, the uh, offense coordinator formerly at Georgia, led Georgia to, to two national championships while there, has taken the same role as offense coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. Does his leaving affect Deuce Robinson, the tight end, out of Phoenix? I think it's a great question that, honestly, nobody truly has the answer to yet. Uh, By the way, Mike Bobo is going to be the OC, which is uh, actually kind of interesting because for those that don't know, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, Mike Bobo were college roommates at Georgia when they played at Georgia. So the band is officially back together again in Athens, right? I mean, uh, so does that affect Deuce? I mean, it's hard to think it won't a little bit, right? Um, I, I I still think a big part of Robinson's recruitment, are, I, I think it's twofold right now for me. Um, I spoke with somebody in the state of Arizona that's a college coach today uh, a little bit about it. And um, it, even out there, it's kind of quiet right now. There's a lot of mystery around this. I think two things are big is college football and baseball combined. That's big for Deuce. Where does he feel most comfortable? Look, football's number one. I do believe that. But, you know, he had the workout with the Dodgers. Um, there is a pursuit of baseball there. Um, but I do think who marries those best together is going to make Deuce feel very comfortable with the decision. Uh, I think, too, is, is the family going to stay in Phoenix? I, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, look, the mom is – uh, from Florida, Texas. Uh, there's family in the Austin area in Dallas. Uh, the father obviously played at Florida State. They're not from Phoenix, Arizona. They're not tied to the state of Arizona long term. So are they going to stay there? Could they make a, if Deuce goes to Georgia, could they make a move to Atlanta? If Deuce went to Texas, could they make a move to Texas? We'll find out. But I think that's something I'm looking for as well in the recruitment is if, if anything's, you know, kind of breaks that the family's you know, thinking about moving somewhere and, or, or has opportunities somewhere else. That might tell us a lot about what Deuce is going to do. He does say he's going to decide by April 1st. Uh, that's the last day of this uh, late signing period. Um, so w- we'll have a decision here. Uh, and, well, it's not in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's a few weeks out, but uh, we'll have a decision by April 1st or, or a little bit before that. be interesting to see if he actually shows up on somebody's campus yeah. um, as an, on an, on an unofficial uh, sometime in the next – month and a half here as we're waiting. I also want to say this, take this minute minute as you're talking about long or uh, talking about baseball, the Longhorns baseball season, the real baseball season starts this weekend at Globe Life Field in Arlington. Uh, Texas has a three game set. I think they start the season on Friday. Uh, I think it's uh, Friday at seven o'clock Friday night at Globe Life against Arkansas. Saturday, they come back and play Missouri. Uh, and then Sunday, uh, perennial power, Vanderbilt is on the schedule. So that's a, uh, that's just basically a future SEC schedule. Yeah. Arkansas, Missouri, Vanderbilt. Hey, and we talk, we talk about the move to SEC. It's all football dominant. Yeah. Well, basketball, baseball is pretty darn good. The baseball conference is even better, but it's just not ever going to get the, uh, the traction that football does obviously nationally, but the baseball conference is going to be absolutely insane in the SEC. Yeah. The notoriety, the notoriety of, of, of football versus baseball is, one right. thing, but, uh, you know, South Carolina, great baseball program, Vanderbilt, Florida, Florida. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Tennessee, uh, LSU for a decade and a half. Yeah, uh, just a great way. Uh, the first home game for the Longhorns, by the way, uh, for uh, baseball season is next Tuesday night uh, or Tuesday afternoon against uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. All right, let's yeah, go Bobby, to the next. That's one. a great point you brought up on Deuce. It, will we see him on campus at Georgia, USC or Texas? in March around spring practice, you would think we would. You, I mean, really, you you would think so, right? I mean, somewhere, somehow, uh, if he's going to make a decision in any, and here's the key, though, and he's truly still torn. That's right. Some guys right. already know where they want to go and are just waiting. To, Look, to, if he just shows up at Georgia to have a sit down with Bobo, that might tell us a lot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to the next question. Uh, remember, uh, get your questions in uh, on this live stream. Uh, Jerry and I will be taking them the rest of the evening. Uh, let's go ahead and talk to uh, get one in from Dylan Lawrence. Any news on, I, I'm going to say this, Anthony Bryant and Zach Swanson's growth, physical growth, and who will see the field first, Bryant 
or Sadir Mitchell, the true freshman. I will say Bryant actually did see some reps on the field as a true freshman, but I do not think he broke his red shirt. He did not. Uh, Jerry? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think Bryant's in that 285, 290 range, last I heard. I think he's going to kind of been sitting in that 280 area, um, getting a little bit bigger. Swanson, I don't have an updated weight on him. Um, it, it'd be I'd find it hard to believe he's still under 260, though. I mean, that'd be surprising. Who sees the field first? I think Bryant's got some strength against the run. I think Bobby's pointed that out a few times. Uh, but, look, it's going to be hard to keep Sadir Mitchell off the field for me because him being in in the spring is a huge deal for a guy who's 6'5 and a half, 335. I mean, th- th- his body reshaping is going to happen fast now. Um, and, look, here's the big thing for Mitchell that – you know, Nathan O'Neill was on for us, and he said that it takes so much time to develop being a pass rusher, people underestimate it, right? Now, and I agree with that, and Bobby agrees with that. So Bryant's a year ahead of Mitchell working with Bo Davis. Um, but I think Sadir Mitchell's going to make huge gains this spring. I, I really do. I think he's such a big, large human with initial quickness and natural pop. On Everybody's got to drop their pads on the defensive line. Very rarely do you find a guy that have to play the better pad. So, yeah, he's got to do that. But um, once he gets a little bit of Bo, Bo's coaching uh, this spring, I think he's going to make some big steps this spring, and he's going to be a guy that plays 15, 20 snaps next year. Yeah, I think that Sadir Mitchell needs to give them 15 to 20 on the run. Yeah. Against the run. I mean – I feel like Alfred Collins is not a run first guy. Um, Byron Murphy can get moved a little bit in the run. Uh, Tavondre sweats more that traditional one. Uh, so they really don't have, and Vernon Broughton definitely can get moved in the run game. Yeah, He's more of a, a pass rush guy. So they really don't have that second run stuffer, in my opinion. Now, Byron yeah. Murphy is good enough to be both. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a terrific player. Uh, but uh I, I think they definitely have a role for someone like Sadir Mitchell right out of the gate. All right. Uh, thanks, Dylan, for your question. Uh, let's move on. Um, M. Brees says, uh, put on your Karnak hat, or Carmack, I think is actually is, is what it was, right? Uh, from old Johnny Carson days. If Texas progresses like we think they will, do they have a shot at an SEC title in 2024? Boy, that's a mouthful. What do you think, Jerry? Uh I mean, on the surface, no. Uh, I, I don't – I mean, I think people are going to – I'm not one of those guys that say, oh, the SEC is – Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. It takes a lot to win that conference. Right. It doesn't take just the first line. It takes the backups of the backups. And then it, upon up, up, up and above that, it takes playmakers. Yeah. To make plays in big, big games. I, I mean, that, look, that's the just the reality. Way, the best way I can say this is the reason I say no in one game doesn't define everything, but TCU versus Georgia shows people how big of a talent gap there really is at the very top, whether that's Bama when they had their run or now Georgia with their run. But particularly on the offensive and defensive fronts, the only thing yes. I would say is that Texas will have I, – I feel confident Texas will be there on the offensive line. I don't know if they'll be there for sure – on the defensive line. Correct. Yeah. I, I, and that's the same. And look, and for people to understand, fully understand, it took Georgia Kirby a long time to get over the hump against Alabama in that regard. Alabama had the front seven talent, right? Um, I put out a, a little story down inside Texas about D-line recruiting in the SEC. Well, last year was the first year that Georgia had. They had three defensive linemen go in the first round. Obviously, they had a great defensive team, that first national title for Kirby. But it took a while to get there. It, even Georgia's much talent as they had, it took them a good five, six classes to get past Bama, to keep those kids from leaving the state and going to Bama, um, and to really get over that hump. It, it takes time. And look, Brian Kelly, it, it, a lot of talent in Louisiana. It, it, he keeps those guys home. He had a good first year, beat Alabama. 
Um, so I win the SEC in 2024. No, compete well in the SEC in 2024. I go with yes. That's fair. I, I think that's a fair one. Um, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about a, a, a corner, uh, Justin Wells, you, uh, Eric, uh, you guys really like this guy from Fluger, or from Waco Connolly, excuse me, uh, Kobe Black. Uh, Brazar10 wants to know, what's the percentage Texas gets Kobe Black? Uh, is it too early is, is more my question for you, Jer. Yeah, it's a little too early for me to jump out there on percentages. I think Texas is right there where they want to be. Um, this is a patient staff. They understand uh, the process. They understand these are going to be some real bloodbath recruitments, um, some real fight photo finishes. Um, and Kobe Black, these guys are going to take their out-of-state visits uh, this spring. Look, I mean, the Alabamas of the world, they're fighting to get these kids on campus, Ohio State, Oregon. These kids are going to take a couple of those visits, and then it's really going to get down to it. Um, that, then you get down to the June official visits. And where are these kids set the June official visits? With most of them setting – their announcements for July, right before their senior season, where they visit in June is going to tell you the story really. And that's when you get into the percentages. What happens when these kids go see the Alabama and the Ohio State for the first time, right? Uh, Texas in a dogfight with Justin Williams with Oregon right now. He loves Oregon linebacker out of Oak Ridge. He's still going to visit Ohio State, Bama. These kids need to take those visits. The Texas staff wants them to get those visits out of the way. Then you get down to the official visits, and you really start figuring this out, not only for us to cover it, not only for the kids, but for the coaching staffs recruiting them. I think Texas is going to be right there with Kobe Black. Is that 50%, 40% right now? It's in that range. Who, who else is Who else is really, really playing a role right now for them? Well, I, you know, obviously his brother plays at Oklahoma State. Um, do I see that? I don't see that. Um, look, he's going to go visit Bama, right? He, he, you know, he went to A&M. I mean, so he's going to make those rounds right now. Um, I, I really think this this still comes down to, do you go see Bama and Georgia? This is what all this really comes down to. Do you go see Ohio State? Those are really the out-of-state and Oregon. I don't want to dismiss an Oregon, but not to the extent. If you really go see the Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State, if you haven't been there before, it's hard to really handicap it right now. Those kids have to go be there. They have to go sit in the office of Kirby Smart and Nick Saban or, or whoever. But I think right now Texas is – they're in a good spot but he's going to take those visits who the, who the actual can true contender comes out to be. I don't think that's known yet. I think the five, six, seven schools are mentioned. Got it. Um, <clears throat> don't forget Jelani McDonald, uh, a Longhorn and Trey uh, Walsner. Yeah. Both, both uh, from Waco Connolly uh, as well. And uh, now I, I think, well, Weisner's already on campus after transferring. Uh, I think Weisner's on campus. He's not. And he's not. He okay. He and Jelani are going to go in. Uh, yep. together in the summertime. Uh, but uh, Weisner went to DeSoto as a senior. Uh, McDonald stayed at Connolly. Uh, both those guys uh, signed with the Longhorns. Uh, Jerry, let's take a step back uh, here. And, and this is more of a broad question uh, that I think, you know, sometimes we get out and go too far uh, in our uh, conversations here and, and get too specific where some people want broader questions answered. Uh, Jordan Holloman, at what point do college scouters begin their prospect evaluation? I'm going to answer this. Yeah. Um, the very first minute they hear or your name or see you do something. Yeah. And it, it could be as a seventh grader, very rarely, not saying, you know, that it's always that. It could be your senior year, like Savion Red. Yeah. It, there is no definitive time frame. Typically, it happens in that freshman, sophomore year as you're playing uh, in college, in high school football. And they're watching they're watching a running back from the other team, and all of a sudden the linebacker absolutely nails somebody. They're watching a, a quarterback, and the offensive tackle looks good. That's, that's typically how that first ID works. And then there's the other part, Jerry. There's the coach's talk part yeah. where the high school coach, do you see that wide receiver over at, I don't know, Cy Woods, or did you see the, the quarterback at Cy Fair? They talk there, there is no, there, there's no patented way. And I've followed recruiting now professionally for 30 years. I've seen them scouted in seventh grade when Chris Leak got offered a scholarship, you know, to wake forest. Yep. And I've seen them recruited 
after after I've seen guys get offered after signing day. So it it really is um, it's impossible to, to get a real handle on that. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of things there. To Bobby's point on seeing a kid as a senior, Jamel Johnson's committed to Texas. Texas goes to watch Red Oak versus Arlington Seguin. They end up signing Warren Roberson. Same position. I mean, they knew about Warren Roberson, but the senior year valuation on Warren Roberson ended up being, okay, this is a guy we got to have after he didn't sign with TCU in December. The other thing in recruiting where it's, change for me in the last decade or so is when you go into a high school coach's office now they have the recruiting sheets right they have the sheets of their 20 let's just say this year so they got their 24 prospects when a college coach walks in in december here's your recruiting sheet or this spring especially when spring football starts here's your 24 prospects your 25 prospects and now we got three or four of these special 26 guys if you're at duncanville coming up so these college coaches that recruit these schools walk away with an information sheet on the top prospects at Duncanville, North Shore, all these places. Now, they take those right back to their recruiting office. It may not be them watching those 2026 20, guys, but they may pass those off to somebody in the recruiting office to where that evaluation process begins. But the high school coaches in Texas have done a great job speeding up the process for their kids, creating all these profiles on these kids. And you've seen some really detailed profiles, like with great – color photos, all the information from the mom, the dad, uh, everything the college coaches need. So the state of Texas, the high school coaches, tip of the hat, they've done a great job promoting kids in the state. And I think it's uh, a lot less uh, stones, uh, you know, unturned as seniors, so to speak. But then there's also the, the third part about it, Bobby, is these kids develop at different ages, right? A great kid at a small school, a Brennan Thompson, he's on the radar as a freshman, right? He runs 10-8, and you're like, whoa, nobody's come out of Spearman since ever, right? So he's automatic. But then you have the kids that maybe play JV as a sophomore at Duncanville or DeSoto, but they're actually not been a power five kid. They just had nowhere to play, and they just develop a little later. So to Bobby's point, there's – there's no time frame on this, but the Texas high school coaches have done a great job speeding up the process. By the way, I want to say something. Bobby Trey Owens chimed in. We had talked, we'd said the last player from Cy Fair High to sign with Texas. He brought up the walk on Thatcher Bilt, which is a great one. I didn't even know that. I think we think it's Chad Stevens. If there's anybody on this on this chat that says we're wrong and somebody signed with Cy Fair since Chad Stevens left snow. <laughs> Jerry and I went through like a number of guys that went to other size schools. Cy Woods, Cy Falls. Uh, we went. How many? How many Cypress schools are there now, Jerry? I when I was around, there were only ten two. opening, tenth one opening. Oh my god! It's just crazy that area of town has uh, grown up that much down in Houston. It's just like the Metroplex in the north side of Dallas. It's just like Frisco's got eight high schools un- now. Unbelievable! It just floors me. Hey, uh, we were talking about Trey Wisner earlier, and this is from Jarrett Johnson. Where does Trey Wisner project to play? Will he be a running back at UT? I can tell you this much. He looked darn good at receiver in the state championship game when they, when they uh, threw to him out of the backfield. I think it goes into what we said about Sark wanting different style of backs in the offense, right? Have ever, as many weapons as possible. Trey Weiser can play that Keelan Robinson role and do it with a bigger frame. I mean, not that there's not differences in the players, but I think he fits something like that really well. Um, catches the ball in the backfield, a kid that's going to be 5'11", 200 pounds. Uh, so he's a little bit bigger frame than Keelan. If he can give you the same things Keelan does with a bigger frame, uh, suddenly I think that's probably an upgrade, not to take away from what Keelan does on special teams, just in that running back role. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, we've got about seven or eight – time for about seven or eight more questions here. We're going to get to those uh, next. If you have any, please get them in. Uh, before I do that, I want to say one last thank you to our uh, weekly sponsor of this live stream, and that's Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the great state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Check them out, www.energytexas.com. Jerry, let's go next. Uh, A question here real quick. Uh, from Bunny, is UT about to be a school that puts players on the offset, offensive side of the ball in the NFL? Well, they're getting ready to have two running backs yep. added, but those are the only two leaving leaving town. 
So when you say getting ready to, I think you have to think about not this year per se, even though I think Bijan and Roshan are definitely going to get drafted. What's next? Jerry, your thought on, on where that uh, pipeline, so to speak, goes. Well, I think in the next year or two, you're going to have a quarterback drafted, a tight end drafted, a left tackle drafted, multiple offensive linemen drafted. Um, A.D. Mitchell, worthy. See what happens with Nair. Um, you know, see what happens. Jonathan Brooks and said Whittington. Whittington. Texas is about to have more guys from different positions drafted than it has been in a long time. Um, and, and I think that is – Obviously, tip of the cap to Steve Sarkeesian for what they're building on the offensive side of the ball, uh, because that means you have playmakers at multiple positions. And it's been a long time since Bobby and I, Eric, we could get sit on this channel and talk about the playmakers in the Texas program and the differences in those playmakers. They're getting them ready to have multiple guys drafted at multiple positions. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the pipeline looks really good. Uh, I will say this, and I was doing some studying, Jerry. Little, I and and I, I'm one of those. Crazy guys that tries to look not just a year out, uh, but I'm already looking at 2024. Think of the receipt. I, I think the receiver room is pretty pretty well stocked for 2023. But in 2024, you could have Nayor leave, Whittington leave, Worthy leave, and A.D. Mitchell leave. No question. Four guys. No question. That leaves the cupboard. I mean, I know Jonte Cook's coming, DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblett, those guys. They ain't caught a ball yet. So uh, I would say if I had to say one thing right now, it's the 2024 receiver group because they could graduate extremely heavily in 2023 at receiver. Now you just I, made Sark's recruiting pitch to Micah Hudson for him. <laughs> I did it for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he hasn't thought of that at all. But hey, it's, 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 it's better when somebody publicly does it for you. <laughs> Probably so. All right, next question here from C Note, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take. Uh, there's two different ways to look at this. Uh, he wants to know: Will Derek Williams be in the two deep rotation almost immediately? This is the true freshman out of New Iberia, Westgate, uh, top 30 or so player in the country. Uh, being that he's a late arrival, he actually won't show up until summertime. Uh, Jerry, I know we both love him as a player, but will he be in the two deep almost off the bat? I'm going to say no, not the start of the season. I would say I would lean no to start as well. Because the same thing goes for Warren Roberson, right? Even though Derek Williams is a higher level prospect. These guys have played multiple positions. Derek Williams lined up at corner, safety, running back. Warren Roberson plays safety, return man, wide receiver. This is going to be the first time these guys really specially do specialized work at one position. In high, it's, it, as football players for an extended amount of time. And there's a learning curve that goes with that. I think you're going to see these guys on special teams. I think they can make an impact on the team. But are they going to be in the two deep uh, game one and when Texas goes to Bama? I would say the answer to that is no. Will they be in the – will Derek Williams be in the two deep midway through the seasons? I think, I think the answer to that actually is going to be yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, um, this is a good question, and I think it, it follows through. And I, I want to same same uh, question, same person asking the question, but I think it follows through with what I talked about uh, from receivers. And so I want to follow on: Will the wide receiver coach or Sark choose the wide receiver rotation? Um, I'm going to answer this for him. Sark chooses the wide receiver rotation. He did this year. Uh, the wide receiver coach does have some say in it, but Sark is not this heavy rotation guy. He's not one. What I I admire him because I've seen coaches that treat every receiver the same, and they're not. No, right. I mean, and uh, if if anything, I think that's an important one to answer 
uh, real quick. Let's get back to uh, some more questions here, Jerry, if you have a few more minutes. And let's take this one from a recruiting perspective. What are the odds from CW? What are the odds we land a five-star DL prospect this cycle? Are they in on many five? I mean, there's not many five-star defensive linemen to start with. What, right. five or six maybe in the, the whole country? So uh, are they in on any at this point? Well, what will be interesting with that, with that is it's twofold. First, they're in on Colin Simmons, five-star edge kid, which obviously that's the first name that Texas fans talk about right now, at edge or D-line. Um, second thing is, all these rankings are about to recalibrate. Now that uh, a lot the tapes out, the combine, camp season uh, for these kids is starting this spring. You look at a guy like a Benedict Yume up at Avon Old Farms. He came from Toronto to the States to play at Avon Old Farms this year. To me, when I watch him on tape, that guy may end up being a five-star prospect if he shows up and tests pretty well at a camp or combine. So – Right now, the five stars are a lot lower. There's not as many of them as there will be two months from now, four months from now, in the next January. So I, I'm of the belief when I watch the tape, and Bobby and I both been on national rankings part part of this for years. I see multiple guys Texas has offered that are going to end up being five stars or top fifty guys in the country. Is Texas going to get one of those on the interior defensive line? We'll see. Those all those battles are going to be. East of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. <clears throat> Very difficult battles, but Texas has cast a wide net at the defensive line, so they're giving themselves opportunities. And, and that's the thing. I think the other thing to look at to answer that question is, let's see which of these out-of-state guys gets on campus in March and then in April. Um, I think that'll tell you a lot. That do the, They've offered three kids in Connecticut. They're all good. Benedict, you may one of those. Do those kids get to Austin this spring? If so, then there's a chance to get them back for the official visit, and then we'll see what happens. But I think Texas will sign a five-star. Will it be an edge? Will it be a D-lineman? We're going to have to see. But I do. I can't tell Texas fans this. Texas is offering the correct guys, no matter what the rankings say right now. When these rankings are recalibrated, it's going to look really good for who Texas is offering. Gotcha. We've got a couple more uh, questions here before we uh, get going here tonight. Uh, thank you all, all for tuning in. Uh, and uh, please uh, like the channel, uh, subscribe to the videos, uh, do it all. And also participate participate in the community uh, when you get a chance as well uh, here at On Texas Football. Inside Texas, uh, Jerry and I are both a part of as well. Uh, that's what makes our, that's what pay, pays the bills each and every day for us. Uh, we hope that you guys are all subscribers of Inside Texas. It's the best place for up-to-date news and information on the Longhorns anywhere on the web. That's InsideTexas.com. All right, uh, Jerry, a couple more questions. Uh, Tippus says, any news updates on how Isaiah Nayor is doing the transfer from Wyoming that uh, had an ACL tear last fall practice? Uh, he's running. Uh, limited, obviously, in the spring. Not expected to go through any contact stuff in the spring. And I think that's smart. I think he wants to get back out there, but I think it's smart to be very patient with him. Um, and so I think you'll see him. There'll be some videos of him working out probably during spring practice, maybe running some light routes. I don't think you're going to see much more than that from him, but he's right on track or ahead of track, ahead of uh, where he should be in his return. I don't know if you have anything new to add to Bobby, but that's as of last week. I don't think, there, I don't think there's going to be contact either uh, is the latest I heard, which I think is uh, somewhat newsworthy. Uh, but I do think, well, by the way, I think it's smart. Yeah, no, no, no. I, and I think it's progressing though. Right. Which is also good. Um, we're going to stay on. People are asking a little bit about wide receivers. We'll finish up with these two questions real quick. I'll answer this one's from sky Breck or ski Breck. I guess ski Breckenridge, right? Is that really what it's short for? Is the new wide receiver from Georgia on campus yet? AJ Brown. That's a different guy. AJ Mitchell is who you're thinking of. Uh, and yes, he is on campus and yes, he is getting really strong reviews, not just from coaches and strength and conditioning people, uh, but from his fellow teammates at this point about his work ethic and uh, professionalism as he goes forward. Uh, Blake Ludoff, uh, another uh, uh, question about the wide receiver group. How much playing time does Jonte Cook get, you think? Jerry, I'm going to leave this one for you. I think it's a great, and DeAndre Moore, I think it's a great question because we just talked about um, the fact that A.D. Mitchell, Worthy, Whittington could all go pro. Well, Texas, those guys, Jante Cook, DeAndre Moore, they're going to get time because they got to develop these guys. Uh, yes, there's 
They're both on campus, which puts them ahead of the curve. I think they're going to get a lot of action this spring. I think their development's going to be set ahead to get those guys prepared. Because, look, we talk about what Texas is losing after this year potentially. Well, that means that you know they're talking about it in the, in the wide receiver room and Sark's offensive meeting room. So I think these guys are going to play. I think you're going to see Texas be more multiple on offense this year. I think you're going to see more three, four wide sets than last year. Uh, so I think you're going to see Quinn Ewers throw the ball to more guys. They're going to play more. And not, But to Bobby's point, now, it, Sark's not going to have this open rotation, but those guys are going to play because you got to develop them and get them ready. I, I think that that uh, the reality of it is is Jalen Waddle, okay, tremendous player. I right. mean, I don't – you and I think the same. Uh, the reality of it is is he – he didn't see a ton of time as a true freshman either. Yeah. Right. And so don't, you know, a lot of this, these guys have to get used to the college game. Now, Jonte Cook, I think, comes a little ready made uh, because his offseason training and out of school training yeah. that he's done, but it doesn't change. I mean, doesn't, he's still not physically ready necessarily for college football. Well, and you think about not, it, it's certainly not 60 or 70 snaps a game. Well, and you think about this. What are the odds that he's – Jontae Cook has caught a pass or had a pass come his way, and he gets body rocked by a fourth-year college player. That doesn't mean he hadn't taken a hit at DeSoto in his high school career, but there's a difference between getting body rocked at the college level than having to come back and run that same route seven plays later. That's part of the development process to me. That we, we just say development, but there's there's the mental part and then there's a the physical part. The physical part we think about is just the weight room. The physical part to me at wide receiver is, oh, I'm extended and I just get blasted. And then I have to come back and run that same route seven plays later and know it's going to happen again. That To me, that's part of the physical development. I think there were a couple of wide receivers at Texas that quit because of Earl Thomas. Yes. I'm just, I'm just going to – in practice, let's just – I, I remember those conversations. I'll just put it that way uh, because of exactly what you're describing uh, there, Jerry. Uh, the other thing I would say uh, as it relates to uh, Jonte Cook is let's talk about this. I mean, he had a good quarterback at DeSoto. Nobody's saying that. I mean, right. when's he had a guy, when's he had a five yard out come to him, thrown it, you know, 80 plus miles an hour. Yeah. With a football that's right. heavier than, you know, that's I mean, right. let's, there's a there's a lot of uptick, right? It's not just any one thing with these guys. And so uh, we have to be talking about that. For it's, to that point, Bobby, when A.D. Mitchell runs a back shoulder fade, a back shoulder play, and Quinn Ewers whips that ball by his ear, he's seen it. If Stetson Bennett may not have the arm that Quinn Ewers has, but he's had to adjust to it with somebody in his face, in his peripheral. That's a big difference. And this level and going to that college level. It, it really is. And people, I, I think that we too often, uh, not just myself, but you and others like us, uh, you know, people mistake us saying, oh, well, this guy's got a chance to be a great player. Well, it's not just Dwayne Aquino used this for, phrase and so did Will Muschamp. It's not add water, instant player. It takes time, experience. Um, we just mentioned Earl Thomas. He redshirted. Right. Now he got ready. <laughs> he left as a redshirt sophomore to the NFL. Right. Uh, but my point being is that these guys, it takes time uh, and it's a process. And that's one of the, personally, I think that's one of the fun things about following recruiting and uh, roster management is something Eric Nalene likes to call it. And I agree with it. All well, right. Uh, like Bobby at running back, we're going to be talking about this. So set at Benson. I'll never forget at the Under Armour game when I was ESPN Under Armour, Leonard Fournette, it just in practices, he didn't see the the backside cutback because it all everything closed up quicker with those athletes at the Under Armour game, all those future NFL first, second round D linemen. He didn't see it quick enough at the All Star game. So then you think we all we were talking about that one that we're saying when he gets to college, these holes pinch your vision. Everything happens so much quicker. And Center Baxter is going to go through this at Texas this spring. Seeing that cutback, it's got to even be quicker because these holes pinch. Everything happens so much faster and it gets condensed so much quicker. 
thankfully somebody like uh, Leonard Fournette could be a freak and not really have to worry about that physically. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Jerry Hamilton, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for turn, tuning out or tuning in, excuse me, uh, on a Wednesday out. night instead of a Tuesday night. Uh, we had to switch it up because of Valentine's Day. We'll be back on uh, next Tuesday night, we hope. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton, and this has been uh, the live stream. We appreciate it, guys.